Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that are repping that Dunder Mifflin, Michael and Jason Petrop. Jason, <laughs> Jason, goodness gracious, Tim, you are the worst. Why? He don't know yet. <laughs> he'll, right. he'll find out. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> so, Jason, hi. You want to say hi? Oh, I already know what just happened. What? Tim got me something office-related for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. I just Tim gave Michael's birthday present. Tim is the fucking worst. Tim is the worst at keeping <laughs> those secret. Yo, dude, I'll tell you what I'm not good at. I'm also not good at seeing you. Right now, you're mad laggy on the screen, but your voice is coming in at the right time. But it's weird. That's all that matters, man. It's a little weird, right? You know what it was? Dude, uh, hold on. I got to tell this story real quick because one time me and Michael were playing Super Smash Brothers and Tim comes into the room a day before our birthday and goes, let's play Mario Kart. Wait, you don't have Mario Kart? <laughs> Yo, sometimes. And the next day, you got me and Michael were just like, oh, cool. That's, but Mario here's Kart. the thing, though. You know, we That's also... not me giving out, giving away that I bought you Mario Kart. That's me <laughs> checking that I didn't buy you Mario Kart when you already had Mario Kart. <laughs> we also got my mom a massage chair that, one, this one, was bad. one time. And it was the day before her birthday, and Timmy goes, <laughs> you know, it looks like you could really use a massage just out of the blue to my mom. It was the worst. Yo, Jay, remember? This was like five months ago. One of my friends has a Nintendo Switch. He brought the, he brought it over to our place. I don't even know what's going to happen right now. We were playing Mario Kart, and me and Jason are in a tight race. You know, it's us and, and the computers, but we're in first and second. And then Jason just pops a U-turn. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I look at him, he just goes, oh, shit, I fell asleep. <laughs> we were drunk. That, has, that, that, that has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. We were about. talking about Mario Kart. All right, I, I remember guess. that. It was hilarious. He just, we're in like a race, like the sec, the last lap, and he just, just U-turn out of nowhere. <laughs> like the, the, the pop-up comes down, this tells him to turn around or whatever. What were you doing looking at his screen? When I'm playing Mario Kart, no, it's just I like... Mean, this, my, I'm, my eyes are locked on my screen and my screen only. I mean, when there's only two players, That's there's true. a ginormous... It's half the s- screen for each guy. That's true. If you want to know a secret about the twins, they're just extremely good at video games. It's a, it's a shame you guys don't play more because you're good at them. I was into Madden a bit, playing online and such. Um, some of, of Yo, our guys, hold on, we want to tell stories now. Sign this a story about you. When Michael is losing at Madden, it might be the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> because if you know this about Michael and Jason, they are the worst at shit talking. The worst, but they do it all the time. They just are. They just suck at it. They're like, oh my god, what an idiot! You're an idiot. How do you? Yo, this game is so whack. This game is so whack. This is. It's just so funny. I hate that me and Michael are. Like equated as the same person. I don't. Do and that, it's Michael as if we've not, played you don't do that. video games that. recently. For crying out loud! All right, so you you talked about a we got my we got mom the massage chair when I was like eighteen years old. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, some of our loyal Brodo listeners, I destroyed them multiple times <laughs> in Madden a couple years back. That's not nice, Michael. It's not nice. It's the truth. Yeah, but it's not nice though. You should give them some slack because they are on the Patreon and stuff. Um. <laughs> 
Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. If you don't already give to Broto, give us some money, man. And in exchange, we'll we'll give you uh, some, some extra stuff. Yeah, some real goodies, like an extra episode for the waiver wire and uh, access to our Discord and tons and tons more extra. Go check it out on Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. But for those of you who are not patrons and those of you who are, we have a very exciting announcement. Eight weeks in the making, we finally have a data set that we find is good enough to go with because we don't want we don't want these stats to mislead you in any way. And eight games is a big enough sample size where we think we have what we need to show you. Jason, since you are the creator, take it away, bro. Woo yeah. Woo yeah. True values are back for 2019. I'm not gonna lie, as I was posting it to the site, I had a nice smile on my face. It's good to see the baby back out there for the second baby, 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 baby. Um, am I supposed to explain what it is now? Yes. Okay, sure. I'll do that. Um, so I have descriptions, by the way. If you go to the Brodo Fantasy site, every quarterback, tight end, running back, wide receiver, they all have descriptions on top as to how you're supposed to read these values. And quarterbacks, essentially, you're looking at his fantasy points per attempt. So I'm looking at how the quarterback is performing, how many throws they're passing, stuff of that sort, and I'm computing it into a number. And that's going to tell us how efficient the quarterback is. Not a surprise. Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson are the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. And remember, this is all for fantasy purposes. So most efficient fantasy points wise. Um, they're getting the most points per throw, essentially. Uh, this counts. This speak- also what sets this apart, by the way. Sorry for cutting you off, Jason. Was we're, we're also putting incompletions in the mix because incompletions are going to happen. Right. This is fantasy points per throw. This is kind of like on base percentage compared to batting average. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of in that same mix because you want to know, all right, yeah, he's going to throw a certain amount of incompletions a game. Still, every single throw that he makes is worth this much points. But anyway, go ahead, Jack. That's a good point. It also gets rid of all rushing stats. So when you see that, um, let's say, for example, Josh Allen is a 30-point game, but his true throw value that week is only .329, which is below league average, you know that he's not necessarily looking bright for his passing prowess or his pass catchers aren't looking up next week. It was just that he ran a lot, stuff of that sort. And things Uh, like that will come really in handy in a situation like last week where Josh Allen was facing Philly. Now, yes, it was a very strong wins in that game and Philly has a bad secondary, but Josh Allen doesn't take advantage of matchups like that because he's more on the ground with his legs rather than through the air. So this, this, Honest, is the ty- this is the type of thing that gives you that. And, and Josh Allen only put up 18 points last week. Honestly, that's the perfect um, example here. I was all over the, the Eagles last week. I thought they were an easy candidate that they were going to win because their secondary is bad. So when they face a quarterback who can't throw against a secondary, uh, there you go. So that's exactly right. Um, it helps us see that Josh Allen's upside isn't as high when he's facing a team that's bad against the pass. Uh, and then you could see like a few other surprises. Mason Rudolph is ninth, so he's really not playing too awful uh, when it comes to fantasy points wise. Uh, that's why Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster recently have stayed relevant. Ryan Tannehill is top ten again, just like last year. So you could look at this and see some surprises. Lamar Jackson is down to seventeenth, and Week One was the highest true throw value of the year, one point six four eight, which is absurd. The league average is point four seven one. So that was times four the league average Week One. Since then, he's passed the league average twice. So, Lamar Jackson, that's why Marquise Brown hasn't been doing very well recently. Uh, and why I talk so much about quarterback true throw value is because that is what we use to derive running back, wide receiver, and tight end true throw value. Uh, we look at the true targets tar- at these true target, true target value. value. Right. We look at the 
targets that these players are receiving, uh, how many, uh, where they're at, how many incompletions they're getting. We take this together. Uh, also, even if you're not interested in true target value, which, come on, be interested, people. We have all the targets right here. And believe it or not, it's kind of hard to just find a list of targets for players. Um, so that's also very useful. But anyway, uh, we take all of that info and we compute it with the quarterback's true throw value to tell you what this player is expected to do with the targets he's seeing from this exact quarterback. Um, so in the past, you could only see targets and you could assume uh, that they're worth something. But now we're telling you this many targets from this quarterback to this player is worth this many points. Uh, we have true target value. And then I did the honor of also computing it for you guys into a formula um, of standard to PPR. For example, DeAndre Hopkins is first in standard. Uh, at this pace, he's expected to score 14.32 fantasy points per week. Uh, in PPR, he's expected to score 20.05 PPR fantasy points per week. And you could use this to analyze the players that we're dealing with and to try to buy low or sell high. For example, Sammy Watkins is second on the list. He's seeing a shitload of targets from typically Patrick Mahomes, and he's barely done nothing with it since week one. So we know that Sammy Watkins is severely underperforming. Uh, we could lock that as two ways. You could think, let's buy low, or you could think Sammy Watkins just isn't that good uh, because that's kind of how I'm leaning at the moment. But then you could look at other players like... Michael Gallup is 13th. He's getting a lot of targets from Dak Prescott, who's pretty high up. So Michael Gallup's resurgence probably isn't going anywhere. DJ Chark is 22nd, so maybe he's more of a back-end wide receiver too instead of the wide receiver one he's been playing like. Uh, stuff like that, really, you could just play around with this and see uh, how the players are doing, what surprises you, how they're the targets that they're seeing from the quarterbacks, what we can expect from that. Last week, last year, and uh, particularly in Week 16, uh, true value came in handy because – you saw that Sam Darnold in his last four games had a high true throw value, and you saw that Robbie Anderson had a high true target value. And you were able to find from the matchup that if you check DVOA, uh, shout out to Football Outsiders, because you know combine this stat with other stats and it makes it even better. So the DVOA in the team he was playing against number one receivers was low. So you're in a you imagine that he would get a lot of targets, and you could look at these and say, okay, he gets this many points per target. He's going to get this many targets. I could put this together and see that he's going to have a big game. And if you started Robbie Anderson in week 16 last year, you had yourself a big game. And it's going to be things like that, and the playoffs is going to push you towards the edge. right? Jason has stories of winning championships starting God knows who. John Kuhn in one of them. Uh, who else? Evan Tim Royster is the classic. Evan Royster, Tim Hightower. Tim Hightower right? These are guys that... We're not in a starting lineup, but he didn't have any any type of hesitation starting these guys. And the reason is because even before True Throw Value was out, um, he did that. But anyway, True Throw Value is out. BrotoFantasy.com or BrotoFF.com. Both of you lead it to the same site um, to get those True Throw Values, to help you make those start-sit decisions, and to help you pick up the key guy that's going to be on the... You know, going to be the guy who takes you to that next level. This is the resource to do it. You only get it at Broader Fantasy. This is a completely proprietary stat that we invented. Jason is the mastermind behind it. Me and Michael are just the guy that plug guys that plug in some numbers. But yeah, really helpful. You don't understand. But but <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of numbers to plug in. But Jason is the is the brains behind the whole operation, and he is the he's and this is the, you're only getting it here. So without any further ado, 
let's start talking about things like true throw value in our first game. Um, Cardinals at the 49ers. Uh, let's start. Sorry, 49ers at the Cardinals. Uh, distinction there. Uh, Thursday night Man, game. First one, you're already messing up. You listen. You got to stay on brand. <laughs> Huge. All right. Uh, th- the first game of the week. Let's start on the Arizona side because I think that uh, that's a little more interesting in terms of what could happen. San Francisco, in terms of DVOA, has been the number one defense in the league this year. Uh, pretty cool step. Pretty cool thing happened last week. Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa both won Defensive Player of the Week in their respective divisions. Pretty cool for the Bosa family. Nick Bosa has been an absolute monster. Uh, you saw him last week, three sacks and an interception that he almost returned. This defensive line has been one of the best offensive lines in the league after adding D4 this offseason. So, with that being said, both of these boys can ball. That's uh, That was actually a good one. I was going to make fun of you, but that was actually good. <laughs> with that being said, let's talk about these the offensive prospects here. And we'll get to the backfield in a second because we have the new running back, Kenyon Drake, in that backfield. But before that, Christian Kirk made his return last week and got peppered with targets. What do we see out of Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk is the only player on the Atlanta side that I feel okay with starting this hey, week. Hey, hey, hey. Arizona. Next time you make fun of me, don't make a mistake. What did I right say? You said Atlanta. Atlanta, yuck. I'm just tired of Atlanta. The Arizona side, because oh, look. You know what? Sorry. Uh, speaking of Atlanta, we should go through these bye weeks. True, true. Uh, That's why I said Atlanta. Yeah. So before we even get started on this, let's let's go through the, the bye weeks. Falcons, Bengals, Rams, and Saints all have bye weeks this week, so do not start those teams. But until then, let's go to Arizona. Michael, how do you feel about Christian Kirk? So, yeah, Christian Kirk's the only guy that I like here, and I don't like him too much. I have him right in the middle of my wide receiver three rankings, but uh, that's more than I could say for the other pieces. His games with Arizona, the the injury that he uh, got wasn't cool, you know, for Christian Kirk. He was on his way to... A breakout type season. He was getting a bunch of targets, but it happens to young players sometimes. And he came back with a bang last week, getting 11 targets, uh, eight receptions on those targets, 79 yards, even a rush attempt for 19 yards. And Larry Fitzgerald has, you know, when people fall off a cliff. Yeah, he has. Seems like that time has come for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Honestly, I wouldn't even blame you if you feel like you had to cut him off your team at this point. That's how much of a sore he's been recently for you. I'd still hold on to him, but now he gets San Francisco. He's absolutely unstartable here. Back-to-back weeks, uh, two receptions last week was two receptions and eight yards and then one reception, 12 yards the week prior. So two weeks in a row in what looked like good matchups, absolutely atrocious. So he's outside my top 50 wide receivers this week against San Fran, who was just... I told Timmy on the review pod, I don't know if Jason heard it yet, but San Francisco has allowed 14 fantasy points to QBs since their bye. Not on average total in four games, 14 fantasy points to QBs. So Kyler Murray, the only way he becomes relevant is if he uses his legs enough and maybe rushes for the end zone, uh, excuse me, rushes for a touchdown. But Christian Kirk's the only one that I'm okay with starting, and even his uh, upside is a bit limited. Jaquiski Tart. I just said, you should say that. You should just say that name. He's on the Niners. Just to throw this in, uh, True throw value is not surprised that Larry Fitzgerald's been struggling. He's 52nd. Wow. So uh, it may seem like he should be doing better, but according to true throw value, tra- target value, he shouldn't be. 
He's right where he belongs. All right, so let's talk See, about and this. people thought he was a buy low for some time. I, I thought he was a buy low. When, when Christian Kirk went down, it, it kind of just made sense. Yeah. Um, Kenyon Drake, he's going to be in that backfield, and Chase Edmonds is not going to play in this game. Uh, doesn't look like David Johnson is going to play in this game. So that leaves you with two running backs that you just signed, Alfred Morris, who was not active last week, and Zach Zenner, <clears throat> who's only been on this team for one week, and Kenyon Drake, who they just traded for. So with that being said, who runs this backfield? Who gets the most touches? And out of the people who do get these touches, are any of them going to be fantasy viable here? Man, like, not only is it a short week, not only is it brand new running backs, it's against the Niners. Yeah, they've been crazy good. So, look, sometimes in fantasy, I say this pretty often, sometimes you just need to say, look, I know I might be wrong. Right? Like, I'm going to start this guy. I have a gut feeling. I think he's going to have a good week. And you know what? I might end up being wrong. And that's just the way the fantasy works. I might end up being wrong, but I think it's just a better idea to not start an Arizona running back. Yeah, I can't blame you. Especially because, dude, it's like a broken record at this point. Cliff Kingsbury said David Johnson will be a game-time decision. <laughs> and if he does play, it's still going to be a running back by committee. So DJ's clearly not 100%. Chase Edmonds is out. Kenny and Drake, they already said, isn't ready for a full workload. And you can't start Zach Zenner. You're not going to start Zach Zenner. So, I mean, I have Kenny and Drake as my 30th running back at the moment. It's a little high for me. When you look at the other running backs, I'd rather take the upside shot on a guy who might get 15 touches, um, especially through the air. That's most important. But, yeah, it's uh, tough to trust. Tough sledding. The Niners are... Yeah, the ahead, Niners man. are 10-point favorites, and the over-under is only 43. So a really low implied total there uh, for them. Um, what about, I mean, Charles Clay? Should I just move on? Let's move on. Charles um, Clay. Let's go on to the San Francisco side. Much more interesting side, although their backfield is all injured as well. Um, Matt Breida probably not going to play in this game, although don't forget he is Wolverine, but so now, he, might, he, might, he might play. Now Shanahan said he's expecting Breida and Mostert to play. See? And Jeff Wilson. He's Wolverine. Should be ready. He's Wolverine. So either way, whether they play or whether they don't play, Tevin Coleman is a must-start in this game. Yeah, I was super high on Tevin. He was my uh, one of my favorite players last week. I was much higher than him on consensus. I had him as a high-end RB2. And boy, did he show out against me in our league, which just really, <laughs> really sucked for me and really <laughs> pissed me off, Tim, <laughs> if we're being honest. Guys, but I just want to put out this out here. I beat Michael in one league last week. And I beat Jason in another league last week. So I sit here on week nine, the superior Petropolis brother. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That might be the first time you beat me in any league in like the last eight years. Well, I did last week. And you could say that I haven't beat you in years, but you have no proof. All right? So suck on that. But tell us about how you like Tevin Coleman. Because if you don't like Tevin Coleman, I don't know if I can be your friend anymore. No, I love Tevin Coleman. <laughs> I don't really got to talk about it. You guys talk about it enough. I mean, they're... Their running offense is second to none. and Not for nothing. Last week on the pod, I said, if you had to make a list of people you expect to find the end zone week in, week out, Tevin Coleman is probably top five on that list. Oh, and then he scored agreed. four touchdowns. So yeah, agreed. Went off. I mean, he's the, he's the goal linebacker for the number one rushing team in the league and for a team who can't throw the ball into the end zone for their lives. So he's going to get that chance. Um also, let's talk about the other guys in the backfield. If Breida plays, you play Breida. If Breida doesn't play and Wilson plays, you play Wilson. If Breida and Wilson don't play, you play Mostert. Am I? Do I have that right? 
Um, Probably, but if two play, it's kind of hard to know. If two of them play, you play Brita. Yeah. If Brita's healthy. If, if I, I, how can you? If he's active, I'm assuming he's healthy. Right. Enough to play. And you know Brita, dude. Brita is legitimately Wolverine. He gets injured. He comes back. He does not have a real. I think he's made of like, you know how snakes don't really have bones? They're just, they just kind of slither. That's what Matt Breida is. He's just a slithery guy with no bones. And he made us pay every time we thought he was going to be limited last season. That's facts. Uh, what about George Kittle against this Arizona defense that has been known for getting killed by the tight end? But they have tightened up on tight ends the last couple weeks. Since Peterson came back, they've been a little better against tight ends because they're, they've they been able to move um, a corner, I think Brock, over to guard the tight end, which has helped. But look. Still last in DVOA against still the tight end. Arizona, yeah, still last. Still in DVOA. giving up eighty nine yards a game to tight ends. Yeah, still they gave up like five combined receptions to Josh Hill and Dan Arnold last week. Dan Arnold, I don't even think had a reception. And what? And do you count? Do you count um, Taysom Hill in that mix? I was gonna say maybe even Taysom Hill, his receptions could be counted kind of, but I don't recall if he was lined up in the tight end area or if he was lined up out wide. I mean. He's not being guarded by a corner. Yeah, but either way, um, you got to play George Kittle, obviously. He's my number one tight end. He's an absolute boom spot because Arizona runs a bunch of plays. Sam, they're, they're likely to be trailing, which means they're going to be passing and running even more plays. So sign me up for George Kittle. It's an absolute boom spot for him this week against Arizona. Um, yeah, so another guy, a pretty interesting guy in this is... Emmanuel Sanders. Manny Sanders wasted no time last week getting involved. One touchdown. Um, then you also have Dante Pettis. Uh, you also have Debo Samuel, who scored a rushing touchdown. Jason, how do you feel about these pass-catching options for the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, can you trust anyone besides Emmanuel Sanders? I don't think you can trust anyone in this game because I just don't think they're going to be passing the ball that much. I think it's going to be a run run offense. I wouldn't if start... they're going to run a lot of plays, though, they'll probably pass a little bit. Uh, Kittle's obviously going to get his. I'm okay with Emmanuel Sanders as a flex wide receiver three if you have to. Uh, but, I mean, because the matchup isn't terrible, Emmanuel Sanders probably isn't going to see much of Patrick Peterson if he's coming out of the slot. And also, he's not like this wide receiver one that needs to be shadowed. He scored a touchdown on five targets last week. Um, with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback, I transferred his targets over since he got traded to a new team. He's 48th in true throw val- target value. So he's a flex play. What about Jimmy Garoppolo himself? Garoppolo, I'm, I'm not starting. They're no, going to yeah. have rushing touchdowns up the gazelle. That's what I'm saying. So, so why would you start Sanders and not start Garoppolo? I just I just think if Garoppolo is not a startable asset, you, if you're not if you're not going to look, you're going to expect Emmanuel Sanders to catch the one touchdown Garoppolo is going to throw. I don't know. I, 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 I put my money on Kittle. I put my money on Kittle on that one. And I just don't see enough yards for Sanders being viable. That's just me. I mean, you want to make a bet, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders? That. You want to make a what bet? What the fuck's the bet? Yeah, I don't understand what the bet is either. I don't know what you're getting at. Top 36. <laughs> Top 36 I, wide receivers, I Emmanuel Sanders. I said he's a flex play. I said he's 48th in value, true target Fine. value. You don't, so you don't want to take it. You're, so you're a, you're a biznatch is what you're telling me. Flex what means it's 36 worth, to 48, my guy. For what it's worth, I have him at 33 right now. There you go. Thank you. What about Dante Pettis? He looked like he was coming on before they got Sanders. Yeah. Nah, exactly. Before. He, they got Sanders. Yeah, he's 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 a desperation play at this point. All right, let's move on to our next game, the Texans at the Jaguars. Man, the Jacksonville Jaguars, dude, really put it on the Jets' defense last week. Uh, for Not for nothing, a defense that has been playing well. 
Uh, Gardner Minshew was able to move around in that pocket, extend plays, and make things happen. It's going to be interesting to see, excuse me, Foles versus Minshew, what happens when Foles comes back, because Nick Foles is not extending plays like that. And just three, five-step drops, they don't have the offensive line or really the talent on the outside to make something like that happen. It's, It's Minshew making it happen. So with that being said, Gardner Minshew against a Houston defense that's been susceptible to getting scored on, I he's a streaming option for me. It's a plus matchup this week for Gardner Minshew. And everything you just said still reigns true. He's in an absolute great spot this week. I actually have him as my QB 12, and I want to rank him higher. There's just so many good QB matchups this week, in my opinion. Um, there are a lot of good options if you need a QB well inside the top 12 after that it gets a little uh worse but like Jameis Winston against Seattle Kirk Cousins against KC Gardner Minshew against Houston those are all super solid options but yeah Gardner Minshew I love him this week against Houston as a QB1 option he's been great uh ever since that that really bad game against New Orleans his only down game of the season two big bounce back games since then the rushing yards to boot so I like Gardner Minshew this week I'll tell you that the, the Houston secondary has been horrendous, and the loss of J.J. Watt is not going to help that any any bit. Um, 23rd in DVOA against the number one receiver, and they're giving up the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. D.J. Chark has not slowed down. He has been every bit of the wide receiver, too, that you that you want him to be. He's he, But he does have a low floor. We've seen him struggle in good matchups before. Last time he played Houston, though, uh, 55 yards, seven catches, and a touchdown. How do you feel about him this week um, against Houston? You got to like the court, uh, wide receivers in this matchup uh, to get back to true throw value. Gardner Minshew's 12th in the season. He's been very respectable, uh, a QB1 in those terms, right at the back end. And that's where we should be ranking him every week. So his pass catchers are there to benefit. Uh, so I think DJ Shark will have a good week. Someone I want to give a quick shout-out to because a good way to try to find someone uh, a nice little dart throw is to see what quarterback is good at true throw value and what player has been getting a few more targets recently. And that guy is Chris Conley uh, 59th on the season, but he's saw eight and seven targets the last two weeks. And there's, it's no wonder that he's performed well uh, seeing those with Gardner Minshew's targets being pretty valuable this season. So Chris Conley is a name that I want you to keep in mind for this week. If DD Westbrook is out, giddy up. Um, speaking of D.D. Westbrook, if D.D. Westbrook plays not very good against the slot receiver, in fact, they are the 30th in DVOA against the slot receiver this year. Uh, so D.D. Westbrook, if he plays, I'm a big fan of starting him too. D.D. Westbrook I have right now, um, He was li- he's limited in today's practice, so still uncertain. Um, his status, I have him as my wide receiver 30. If he's out, basically just going to flip-flop with Chris Conley and put Chris Conley there. Leonard Fournette, it seems like he, every game, has one run, two, uh, one rush for one yard, one rush for negative four yards, one rush for three yards, one rush for six yards, one rush for 67 yards, one rush for one yard, one rush for two yards. It's wow. like, it's like he, he it's, it's just, he, he runs into the back of the, the offensive line and then he goes for a giant run. Uh, is this another situation where Fournette can break off a big one? I mean... It's a little hilarious for all these. There's a lot of people who, look, we discuss regression, right? And how more than likely regression comes to to players. Like they never always underachieve or always overachieve. But sometimes that does happen. 
Just because regression is supposed to happen doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And it's hilarious seeing some of these people on Twitter going absolutely nuts that Leonard Fournette doesn't have more than one touchdown yet. And they're just playing him uh, in, like, DFS every single week, waiting for him to score, like, three touchdowns. I just... That doesn't really have to do with this week against Houston. I just find it kind of funny. But this week against Houston, it's not the week I expect Leonard Fournette to find the end zone really? three times. Really? I love Leonard Fournette. They've been at year. least decent against the run. They've been more uh, more often than not beat through the air, and Gardner Minshew has been effective through the air. It should be a close game. I don't expect them to hold a big lead where they are going to be able to establish the run. So I like Leonard Fournette this week. I have him as a mid-range RB1 just because of the volume that's where you have to put him. I don't love the matchup necessarily, though. Let me give you guys a fun way to use true target value. going to use it a lot today because it's back, baby. Uh, Leonard Fournette is sixth for running backs with a 2.835 true target value. Fun fact, in case you didn't know, these transfer across positions. So essentially, and I don't include rushing at all, so... Leonard Fournette has a similar true target value to Deontay Johnson, meaning that the amount of targets he's been seeing, he's expected to score as many points as Deontay Johnson through the air. And he's a running back who's going to get 20 carries as well. And let me just put this out here. The Texans have allowed the most receptions to running back this season. 59 receptions to running backs. There you go. So it's basically an RB1 plus Deontay Johnson. Michael, do you want to change your feelings about Leonard Fournette after what we just said? Nope. What? <laughs> I love him this week, man. I'm in. I'm in love. I He's love gonna Mason get the receptions either way, man. He went seven for sixty through the air last week. Like he, none of this changes anything. Yeah, Houston gives up a lot of passes to the running back. I'm already aware of that. Like he gets work through the air, anyways. Yeah, I have him as my RB six. Oh. I'm just saying. What the hell are you talking about? That you're not that high on him. He's just you have him sixth. Because of the volume. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. He's I mean, gonna you're not going to rank him top three when like the best backs aren't on bye. Yo, well, that's what I'm saying. Don't Michael. expect a blow-up game. Expect a, a solid 15 points from Leonard Fournette. You're on timeout for just like a second. <laughs> I agree. Get, let's, let's, get the fuck <laughs> let's go over to Houston. Um, the Deshaun Watson show was in full effect last week. But here's the thing. Kiki Cutie didn't play. Yep. No one knows why. Kenny Stills. Well, Bill O'Brien said that he was... Um, inconsistent during practice yeah but that doesn't yeah but he didn't we didn't get any type of update before the game so no one knew why let me see let me start it again kenny stills did not take wolf willis role deandre hopkins got peppered with targets i expect kind of the same thing this week pepper it up yeah, pepper ever, it up. yeah. will fuller um i discussed this also in the review episode <clears throat> Will Fuller and Kenny Stills as the number two wide receiver in Houston this year have the tremendous upside as we've seen Will Fuller's 45-point game. They also have the tremendous downside in which every other game Will Fuller or Kenny Stills last week is single digits. So that's why these guys are always wide receiver threes where you fight the upside with the downside and you just kind of have to hold your nose and hope that it turns out good this week for Kenny Stills against Jacksonville. It's not a bad matchup against Jacksonville. Like I said, since without Jalen Ramsey, they've been a pretty mediocre secondary. So we'll see how it goes. I have him right there in wide receiver three, but obviously it's very boomer bust. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, let's talk about the backfield. Duke Johnson got in the end zone. Duke Johnson's targets, as I was plugging in the information for a true throw value, 
I noticed that Duke Johnson's targets have gone steadily increasing. All of a sudden, he's getting some work. Dookie dookie. Is Duke someone that all of a sudden, <laughs> like this is a guy that I told you you could you could probably just cut, and you you haven't paid the price for that, but he's been seeing more and more targets as the week went on. Culminating last week, five targets, four receptions, and a receiving touchdown. The week before that, five targets. The week before that, four targets and a receiving touchdown. Is he someone that you can now play in your flex with a little confidence? I'd, I'd say not yet. I did play him in my flex last week in a league where I was hurting, and he got me the 11 points, which was cool. But, yeah, it's it's definitely not trustworthy. Like this dude, Low, low ceiling for sure. Yeah, he's going to get at most 10 touches. And he has to be super efficient with those 10 touches if he's going to be relevant. He might even end up with five touches, which we've seen, or even less, which we've also seen. So it's not something to be super excited about unless there's like a drastic change out of nowhere where Carlos Hyde takes a backseat to Duke Johnson. But that wouldn't make any sense at all, really, because they have not shown at all that they plan on making a change of that sort. I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson, 27 points last week. He's an every week start. Don't waste your time. Start Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's El Stud. Yeah, he's a that that means stud for those of you who don't talk Spanish. Spanish you mean talk Michael. Yeah, the I thought you were gonna that? say talk. I know Michael. that was a joke because that clearly wasn't Spanish. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. You know I don't speak Spanish. Bark three times if the Redskins are playing the Bills. Wait, Tim in Darren Fells. You right. can't skip Darren Fells. All right, all right. Darren Last Fels. week without Will Fuller, there he saw his second most targets of the season. He received the most receptions this season, second most yards, and tied his uh, career and season high of two touchdown catches. So I have him as my tight end 10 this week against Jacksonville. Not a great matchup, but I think it's a sign of some more things to come without Will Fuller there and Kiki Cutie apparently in the doghouse that Darren Fells should see another five or so targets. And he's clearly becoming a favorite of Deshaun Watson in the red zone as well. Jacksonville has been weak against the tight end, 22nd in DVOA. Yahtzee. Yahtzee, Yahtzee. All right. Um, now, can we go to Buffalo, Washington at Buffalo? I suppose. All right. So let's, <laughs> let's go to Washington at Buffalo. Here's another thing that, yes, this is a good matchup for Josh Allen, but don't expect him to go crazy in the air because he never really does. Expect him to go crazy with his feet, and this is a team that he can absolutely run on. Um, so let's start on the Buffalo side. Let's start with Josh Allen. How do you feel about him this week? As I said earlier, when we were talking about true values, uh, Josh Allen isn't that high, so you can't expect too much from him through the air. With that said, when he's facing teams like the Redskins, he put up 18 last week in an easy matchup. So he's probably going to put up that much again. Like, the ceiling isn't super high, especially for his pass catchers. John Brown is 36th in true values, so I think he's a solid wide receiver three this week because the matchup is good. But it's just that the ceiling isn't that high. Uh, on to the, his weapons. Cole Beasley has been a playable asset the last two games. He's seen six targets and seven targets, respectively, in those two games. They rank 27th in DVOA against the slot receiver. I like Cole Beasley in this matchup. We got a season-high ranking for Cole Beasley this week. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. I have him at 29th this week. Rock-solid wide receiver three. Jason, on, man. I understand your hatred for Cole Beasley. Why? Right? He's the easy-beasy, beautiful Cole It's the girl. most boring thing ever. I'd, I'd rather just, like, start no one. And he's also, as what? we see what happens. He's like the James White of wide receivers. 
If you don't like it, just accept it. Use that that meme that Timmy likes to use with uh, guys like <laughs> Mitch Macho Trubisky Man. coming back and in the fourth quarter and <laughs> he other does. situations similarly. But don't get me started on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, he gets Washington, who Timmy said uh, is bad against the slot in DVO, DVOA. They're actually highly rated, if I'm not mistaken, against the number one option. The number one team. Quentin Dunbar has been playing out of his mind this year. Yeah, the number one team on the outside against the number one option. But so the s- dead last team against the number two option. Exactly. So sign me up for some Cole Beasley this week. Cole Beasley's 40th in true target value. Right behind number 39. Get a load of this. John Odell Rob. Beckham Jr. Yeah, Odell Beckham. He's been getting a lot of targets, but his targets have not been valuable at all. Yuckers. Probably because Baker Mayfield sucks. Um, the backfield. Uh, Devin Singletary got two-thirds of the snaps last week. Is this a trend that we're going to see continue? I hope so. I say simmer down, simmer down. Because, yes, Devin Singletary saw two-thirds of the snaps last week. They were also trailing most of the second half, and Devin Singletary... They've shown that he's the uh, pass-catching option of him and Frank Gore of the two. But he only saw three carries compared to Frank Gore, who saw uh, nine carries, so three times as many. So I still expect Frank Gore to be the starter and to be the main running back on that team this week. And against Washington, it's not like they're going to be trailing by a lot. So I think it's it's solid flex options for both of them because it is against Washington and they could both have decent games. But... I'm just I'm saying slow down on the Devil Singletary hype train a little bit. What about Dawson Knox? Come on, Knox on my door. Come on, Knox on my door. I'll be Dawson for you. He I'll be Dawson for you. Had a bad game last week, unfortunately. I um, the weather I'm guessing probably the worst thing we've ever done, I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty embarrassed. Yeah. He the weather probably has something to do with it, but ever since that nice game week three, he really hasn't done and week four, he hasn't really done anything. Two receptions, two receptions, and zero receptions. So he's basically off the tight end one radar unless something changes going forward. Let's go over. I agree. Twenty seventh in tight end true target value. Let's go over to the Washington side. Um, the quarterback conundrum has not been solved yet. I think Case Keenum starting. If he's back, but Dwayne Haskins is taking the first team reps today. Ugh, ugh. I'll tell you what, guys. And you might get mad at me for this. I dropped Terry McLaurin in one of my leagues, in my 10-man. I dropped him for Christian Kirk. I mean, the fact that Christian Kirk's available is dumb. What? Like, well, I'd rather a, have Kirk, but that's still a little crazy. It's a 10-man. Yeah. It's a 10-man. Yeah, but both of them should be rostered. What? I mean, I got Robert Woods, Michael Thomas, and then Breida, Sanders, and Samuels on my bench. Who am I going to drop from McLaurin at this point? I'm not for nothing, McLaurin Tim. Sanders. I don't know if you... Looked into this, but Terry McLaurin's 47th in true target value, even with Case Keenum as his quarterback. So he's been overperforming up the gazoo. Yeah, but he's been, sco- he's 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 been, been scoring. He's been scoring touchdowns. Um, well, with that being said, Darius Geis comes back into the fold. Let's talk about that running game for a little. I, let's talk about that. Well, Darius Geis isn't playing this week. Yes, he said he's on track for a week 11 return. It's week nine, Tim. Ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, he's coming back into the fold. Week nine. Jeez Louise. Uh, Tim's a is- mess. Look, look. <laughs> baby face Tim can't remember things. In oh, little mind, baby. I see the future. Little baby Tim, he can't remember things. Uh, Get him his milk bottle. So are you, uh, look, are you playing anyone on the Washington side against a really good Buffalo defense? I mean, AP somehow just continues to shut up, like, be <laughs> decent. Shut your face. But, yeah, shut he's obviously face. not more than a flex option. Apparently, he's, sh- he's sh- like, sh- 
the sh- older sh- Matt Breida, who mouth. just doesn't get hurt. Sh- shut your mouth. Sh- All right, sh- I'm done talking. Sh- shut your mouth. <laughs> nah, for real, go ahead. No, but yeah, he, Adrian Peterson's a flex option, but definitely not excited about him. Or Wendell Smallwood, of course. Or Dwayne Haskins, or Terry McLaurin, or Josh Doxson. I said Josh Doxson. Paul Richardson. Josh Doxson's actually coming off IR from Minnesota. Let's see if he could do something. Josh Doxson is basically Paul Richardson. They're like the same guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not excited about any of these people. Maybe McLaurin if Keenum plays, but not even him. If Keenum plays, I like McLaurin. McLaurin has been a beast with Case Keenum. He's beast. been scoring touchdowns. He's been a beast. Doesn't mean he hasn't been a beast with Case Keenum. All right, speaking of beast, the most beast game of the week, the matchup of the millennium. What's that? Jets and Miami Dolphins. Ooh, this is <laughs> horrible. Better than Bills Redskins. Um, Yo, guys, it's did you really. see Jamal Adams today? So apparently the Cowboys were looking for Jamal Adams. The Jets took calls about him because that's what you do when the team calls you about a player. You listen to them. And you're one and six. Um, and he was pissed about it for some reason. And then today he was quoted as saying, do the Patriots take calls about Tom Brady? Do the Rams take calls about Aaron Donald? I hold myself in that regard. And to that I say, Mr. Adams, you're out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, Aaron Donald might be already one of the best defensive tackles of all time. All time. And Tom Brady Back-to-back is, defensive player of the year. Tom Brady is the best is of all the time. GOAT. Is the, or is the top best of all three. Time. You could possibly argue two or three. He's holding himself in regard with two of the best players of all time in his second year third. on a one— uh, uh, All right, you're right. In his third year on a one-in-six team. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yo, get a hold of yourself, dog. And, yo, I honestly— Everyone's been. Everyone was talking about. Oh, this guy's the culture. The culture guy. He's great for the team. I've. I haven't seen that at all, for the culture. You don't remember? Wasn't it a few weeks ago too, where he like took the Jets out of his Instagram bio or something? Yes. And he. He's a diva, he bro. Canceled his uh, weekly radio show to talk about the Jets when something happened that he didn't like too. Like, dude, Yo, play either, play better too. For crying out loud, I've been telling you guys he's overrated, man. Even in this, there's this ESPN segment this this summer that was like, you the, a player takes you through film, and he and he goes, man, this is a great play by me. Man, great play, hell of a play, hell of a play by me, hell of a play. <laughs> it's like, yo, I don't want you on my team if you're gonna say that. Like, it takes a special kind of arrogant to say something like that. It really does. And it's a little funny because, look, we're Jets fans, and all Jets fans right now are obviously aggravated. And we're aggravated at the Jets team, at Adam Gase. I can't wait to see Joe Douglas be Joe Douglas, man. The fact that we we are going this hard against Jamal Adams just shows how ridiculous it is because usually when a player speaks out when a team is one and six, you're hyped about it. This is just the completely just get a hold of yourself, do. dude. Yeah. Like, yo, yo, come back to reality, dog. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Anyway, let's talk about the Jets. Sam Darnold. The Jets are only the Jets are only a three point favorite in this game. Speaking of coming back down to earth, Sam Darnold has come crashing back down to earth. He's been turning the ball over at a crazy rate. Seven turnovers in the last two games, but he is playing a secondary that's the worst in the league, and he has a chance to. This is a good bounce back spot for him. So the question is, does he bounce back, and does his wide receiving options bounce back? I'm starting Robbie Anderson in one of my leagues. I mean, call me crazy, but I got Sam Darnold as my QB 13 this week. I'm, I don't think that's crazy. Um, the Dolphins have been the worst team against the quarterback. Uh, every quarterback, e- even Case Keenum, 
has been decent against them. They're, you're guaranteed at least 16 points with Sam Darnold, which isn't good, but it's also not terrible. It's not going to kill you. And let's not forget a couple of weeks ago with against Dallas, he did throw for 338 yards, two touchdowns, had 21 half PPR fantasy points, even against Jacksonville last week, which was a mess. Put up 16. I said half PPR. QBs, it doesn't matter if it's PPR, half PPR. He put up 16 fantasy points against Miami. This is why we've been stashing uh, Sam Darnold. Obviously, if he was playing better, he'd be ranked higher and we'd be more excited about him. But this is the get right game of all get right games in Sam Darnold's life up to this point. So, so with, yeah. with that being said, Jason, how do you feel about his pass catching options? If you like Sam Darnold, you like his pass catchers. And Wait, who's your favorite? Goes. Who's your favorite? It has to be Robbie Anderson. Yeah. yeah. But would you um, play Demarius Thomas here, or, J- or Jameson Crowder? That's the issue because now it's like, can you trust either of these guys when they're both just cannibalizing off each other? The fact that DT is getting more targets than Jameson Crowder is fucking a joke. It's an absolute joke. Another reason why the Jets are trash and Adam Gates needs to figure out what the hell he's doing. Because the fact that DT is getting more targets than Jameson Crowder is hilarious. I mean, he's always liked to play the worst players, so. <laughs> he true. does like to play bad players. Um, one bad player that might be coming back this week is Chris Herndon at tight end. Uh, Chris Herndon should be coming back this week. He got a limited practice in today. Um, you saw Ryan Griffin go for a touchdown and a, and a two-point conversion. Two touchdowns. He went for. Two touchdowns and a two-point conversion last week. Uh, you saw him go for a touchdown the previous week. Ryan Griffin is obviously on the rise and Chris Herndon is going to take his spot as soon as he comes in. So, with that being said, how do you feel about Chris Herndon? Is he an automatic plug-and-play if he comes in this week? I'm at 14th, so depending on the tight end landscape. But it's tough to trust someone who hasn't played a down um, going into Week 9, especially when the team has been playing so poorly. So it's tough to trust him this week right off the bat if he does play. But I do have him at 14, so I don't hate the idea of playing him if you have a say uh Austin Hooper on by yeah honestly I, I don't care um Ryan Griffin just scored two touchdowns and tight ends suck and Michael and the rest of the people in this world out there can stop ranking Dallas fucking Goddard in streaming territory because no one should ever start Dallas Goddard when Zacherts is healthy ever what are you and, talking about? this is I mean, one he of was, the yeah, dumbest he things a, ever heard in my he was life just started the last two weeks I have Dallas no, Goddard as my tight end it's 13. Luck. I don't understand what you're doing. It's luck. Eight, four, and five targets to the last three weeks. Yeah, Seven, 13, and twice. 10 points. All right, all right hold on, hold on. We could argue about Dallas Goddard when we talk about the Eagles. This is dumb. Let's keep it on the Jets. Um, Miami's dead last against the running back out of the backfield in DVOA. Le'Veon Bell is itching for a big game. And unlike Jamal Adams, who deletes teams from his bio and decides to bitch about them on the internet... Le'Veon Bell came, and he went on Instagram, and he said, Yo, Jets Nation, I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to be a Jet. We have to be patient. We have This is a process. We got, we're got we all playing together for the first time. we got to figure it out. It's going to happen. Sam's going to play better. Yada, 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 yada. And that's the leadership I like to see, and I think that he's going to be rewarded this week, and I think he has a big game. I think if you drafted Le'Veon Bell with your first couple round picks, which you obviously had to do, uh, this is the week where he plays like that. It'd be about damn time. Yeah. I have as my running back eight, so I'm still buying into the hype as well against Miami. If it doesn't happen this week, look, obviously, if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, you should be panicking a little bit, and rightfully so. If it doesn't happen this week, a full-on panic of, damn it, Le'Veon Bell isn't going to be mm-hmm. anywhere near what I expected this season at all it should kick in. 
If it does, though, Miami, Giants, Redskins, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami. His next five games. Unbelievable. Yeah, that that Le'Veon Bell turns into a a high quality, high quality starter in those games. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about on the Jets side? No. Let's talk, let's Good. go over to the to the Dolphin side. Uh, what's his name is completely gone, Kenyon Drake. So that leaves Mark Walton as the sole provider in that backfield. Although it does seem like Kalen Balaj has been getting a lot of the goal line work. So. That makes me hesitant to make Mark Walton's a startable asset. Yeah, but at the same time, the Jets did lose Leonard Williams for for all he did do in, in struggling to rush the passer. He he was a force in stopping the run, and he was good at that. Whatever, Debatable. though. <laughs> yeah. You guys are haters. they're also getting. I his name's slipping my mind right now, but they're getting a D lineman back this week as well. So I, I don't think Jenkins. that Jordan Jenkins. I don't think that uh, Leonard Williams getting traded changes anything. Yeah, I'm not taking that really into account either. Good team stop the pass, period. I don't know how long it's going to take football minds to realize that. But, yeah, like you said, Kalen Pelage has been vulturing the goal line work, which isn't good for Mark Walton. Mark Walton did get a few red zone touches last week, but they weren't within the five. They were more around the 15 and 10-yard line. So he's going to need to run one of those in if he finds the end zone. And red zone opportunities are far and few between for the Miami Dolphins. So I have Mark Walton in flex territory, but obviously there's a limited ceiling and the touchdown potential really isn't there either. Um, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously elevates the play of all these guys on revenge the outside. Game? No, he had, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a revenge game against half the teams in the league. That's true. Um, <laughs> you, got, you got Preston Williams. You got Preston. <laughs> you got Parker, you got Wilson. Um, how do you feel about these guys on the outside? Would you start any of them? Who are you looking at? Who's your favorite star of the bunch? These guys are nothing more than desperation flex plays, uh, per usual. I know that, like, you know, they're starting to get a little bit more work and starting to be a little bit more consistent, yada, yada. But I mean, Preston Williams has seen six targets or more since week two. Devontae Parker has seen a decent amount of targets as well, but they're still not doing much. With it, like you could throw them out there as a flex play if you want. They're both outside of the top 50 in true target value uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick's just not that good and he's going to end up throwing an interception. So if you want a guy who's likely to get four catches and 50 yards or something, I mean, it's probably going to happen because they're going to have to throw. They're going to be down, but it's not really someone I'm excited to start. I got them both in uh, flex territory this week. I like them more than usual because they are going against the Jets and they they've accounted for over half of Ryan Fitzpatrick's targets. So you're not starting Mike Gillespie. Let's go over to our next game. Uh the Chicago Bears coming off one of the most horrible losses travel to Philadelphia. <laughs> hold hold on, Tim. Yeah, I know, I know. Who the fuck is Mike Gillespie? Yeah, Gillespie. Hold on, are you thinking of what is the old running back? It's possible. Gillespie, right? Yeah. There's a running name? back. Yeah, Gillespie. Yeah. Gillespie. Dude, you just said Mike Gillespie. <laughs> Mike Gesicki. That's great. I mean, Gesicki. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, Gillespie, <laughs> Gesicki is kind of the same. No? I was super confused. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know how I'm a little embarrassed. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's go over. Um, like I said, Chicago. Uh, Mike Gillespie. That's who it was. You deadass just combined uh, Mike Gillespie with Mike Gesicki. Former Buffalo Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Gillespie. I liked Mike Gillespie, man. He scored three touchdowns for me in week one 
two years ago, and I thought I had the RB two of the year. Got him in like the sixth round, and he ended up being a yeah. Bust. I remember making fun of you for thinking Mike Gillisley was this savior because he had three touchdowns week one. Well, yeah. I, I did a dance online and everything. Like you <laughs> still see it on the Instagram. Um, let's go over. Let's let's start with Chicago, who had a really, really, really disappointing loss last week. The offense was moving for the first time this year in a consistent manner, but then they got to the red zone and they couldn't punch the ball in. Five trips to the red zone, five field goals, and then finally, and I, look, I'm a broken record with this, but I'll say it again, Mitch Trubisky is the most mismanaged player in the league. He is not a pure pocket passer. If you use him as such, you will lose. He needs to be used like a Lamar Jackson, like a Josh Allen. That's how he needs to be used. They're not using him that way. But what happens when they finally put him in a two-minute offense and he's just free to make plays, Money Mitch is back. And he got them in the field goal range. And Eddie Pinheiro. Never call him Money Mitch again, please. Look, I'm going to call him Money Mitch. Eddie Pinheiro shanks it. Now, this is a rematch of the double doink game. So you have that. In Philly this time, bad secondary. Anthony Miller is an interesting option here because he's been better the last few weeks. He's been seeing his his targets increase. Allen Robinson is also an interesting option because he's been viable and he's been very good because Trubisky loves throwing to him. So, do you like these pass-catching options in against Philadelphia in Philadelphia? Look, I got A-Rob. This is the highest I'm probably ever going to rank him in my life as long as he has Mitch Trubisky throwing to him at 14th. Because he's going against Philly, and that's how bad Philly has been against the receiver. And I feel disgusting doing it because you know how we feel about Allen Robinson. Not as a player, of course. Like you say, we, ever, we always we base people based on their fantasy appeal, not their actual real-life appeal. Yo, Allen Robinson, dude, have you seen his girlfriend? I have not. Smoking. Good for you, A-Rod. My God. Someone just hit a home run in the World Series. Who was that, Jason? Yuli Gariel. Oh, hey, Houston takes the earliest lead. What <laughs> well, was look, it? one nothing. Oh, shit. A-Rob, I have him at 14, so obviously I'm firing him up. Anthony Miller, I have in flex territory. I like him more than uh, a little bit more than expert consensus, and I like him as more of a flex option than I did in previous weeks. It's just it's so hard to rank him in wide receiver three territory with Mitch, uh, with Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch, Mitch Mitchell, whatever you want to do. Maybe he should change his name back to Mitchell. You know, I think he needs a change. He needs to change his offense back to the to, offense he was last year where he ran for 500 yards. He, That's needs, what he needs to, to add do. the L back into his... He's putting too many L's on the field. He needs to put the L back in his name. Ha, 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 ha. That wasn't that bad, actually. But I just want to say... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned before I ever rank Allen Robinson 14. <laughs> My rankings are not up yet, but you... <laughs> I'll Better be, damn. be sure <laughs> that fucking guy is gonna be no higher than twenty at least. It's funny because I I did I'm my generous too. I did my rankings. I don't look at uh I don't look at the expert consensus rankings when I'm doing my rankings. I look after to see where I differentiate from the pact. Um, and I saw that I'm right on par with expert consensus rankings with Allen Robinson at fourteen. And obviously, we're not super high in Allen Robinson. It just shows how super mediocre he usually is because I feel disgusting putting him at 14 and that's the average a lot of people are ranking him even higher which blows Mike, my let mind. me ask you if I change your mind at all by telling you that Trubisky is last in true throw value oh yeah I don't and Allen Robinson is the 41st ranked wide receiver yeah I'm not surprised by that at all the thing is he's getting so many targets yeah and he's a bad Wait. secondary 
Yeah, but that's a, what you target secondary. value is for. He's 41st in the season. That's why he hasn't been a consistent wide receiver, too. You know, I think I'm going to have to move him down. <laughs> oh, also, now we now we change our mind. Yeah. Suck it, Mike. That's what Mitchell Trubisky could do. Ooh, y'all. Mismanaged. That man Ooh, is, y'all. Mitch that man managed. Is, that man is <laughs> mismanaged. Mitch managed. Um, what about the backfield? David Montgomery finally breaks out. Um, you don't Break see out. much Tariq Cohen. Bow, bow. Um, but this is a very good run defense in Philadelphia. Do you think David Montgomery has a, a another good showing? Yeah, Matt Nagy pulled up to Los Angeles last week and said, you must respect my Montgomery. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to South Park. Horrible joke. That was just bad. the worst joke ever. I just thought of it. I thought it was pretty good. No, it wasn't. I mean, but. <laughs> it wasn't after, terrible. Yes, it was. <laughs> Thank you. Someone got to explain something to me. Because last week I was on this podcast saying, how do you come out of a bye and give your rookie third round, you expect to be dynamic running back, four touches? And then the next week he gets four receptions and 27 rushes. So who the fuck knows what Matt Nagy's doing? But it's good to see if you're a David Montgomery owner. And I know that the Eagles get beat through the air and not the ground. But... If he's going to get this many touches, he's an obvious RB2. There's no reason to talk about starting Taylor Gabriel or Trey Burton. Those guys are, are complete and utter dart throws. So let's go or over. Or Terry Cohen. Or Terry Cohen. Let's go over to the Philadelphia side. The Chicago Bears have been bad against the run since their all-pro interior lineman, uh, whose name slips my mind right now. Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks. I was going to say Jordan Nix. Akeem Hicks goes down. Um. So that means Jordan Howard, who had a good game last week, and Miles Sanders, who had a good game last week, <coughs> excuse me, could both be on the radar. All aboard the Jordan Howard revenge game. Oh, revenge. snap. I revenge. That. After revenge. Chicago did him real dirty. He's the type that was going to get revenge. So I'm putting him in my starting lineup in my, league, in my Michael, in the is that why you right have now. him so high? That is why I have him so high. Miles Sanders missed practice. Assuming Miles Sanders isn't going to play if something changes, I'll likely move him down a few notches. But I have Jordan Howard at also uh, in season high of RB16 right now. Excuse me, RB... Wait, I'm blank. I lost him. Yeah, RB16 right right now. I was correct. Heaven's my RB16 right now against Chicago. Ever since Akeem Hicks went down, they haven't been the same against the run. It is a revenge game. Jordan Howard is the number one option there. By far, even last week where Miles Sanders, people are getting hyped about Miles Sanders. He had seven touches overall, and Jordan Howard had 23 rushes for 96 yards, uh, both season highs. He even had a reception for 15 yards. He'll probably add two or three receptions if uh, Miles Sanders can't go. So I'm all aboard the Jordan Howard revenge game start train this week. Revenge. Uh, you you got – yeah, I'm there. Uh Chicago, though, has been good against the pass. Uh, they are number three in DVOA against the number one receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, former Chicago Bear as well. Um, how do you feel about these pass-catching options on the outside, Jeffrey, uh, Hollins, Aguilar, etc.? You could just take Alshon Jeffrey, right wide receiver 28 on his back, and then just let him live his life because that's exactly what he is. Uh, basically a boring wide receiver three at this point with wide receiver two upside. And you can't trust any of the other guys. And you knew this is what you were drafting when you drafted Alshon Jeffrey as well. Like, the last two years, he has ended as a top 25 receiving option, and it's not because he's been this beast. It's because he plays every week and is consistently 
like super average. He's had he's been a top thirty six receiver um, five times this season, so he's semi consistent. He's not going to blow you away by any means, but he should continue to be at least decent and a wide receiver three option this week. Albeit, I don't see the high ceiling against Chicago. Carson Wentz has been slowing down the past couple weeks. He has not put up quarterback one numbers in the last two weeks. I see this again as a bad one. He's been good in good matchups and bad in bad matchups, and he's playing another bad matchup. Chicago gives up the 27th most points to quarterbacks. I don't see him having a big game. I think the the I think the damage is going to be done through the ground by the Eagles. But um, where do you guys have? Where do you guys see Carson Wentz? Man, oh man, does do the Eagles need Deshaun Jackson back? And there's a chance he does return this week. So keep an eye on that because he's definitely going to move into startable territory for me if he does come back. But Carson Wentz, he's, he'll also move up. But right now I have my QB 17 against Chicago. I don't really want anything to do with him. I'd, I'd rather stream Sam Darnold if I'm a Carson Wentz owner this week. As crazy as that sounds. Do you agree, Jason? I do agree. Yes. All right. So we've, we got a little preview of this battle before, but let's get it going right now. In the red corner, Jason Petropolis, a.k.a. Zach Ertz. In the blue corner, Michael Petropolis, a.k.a. Dallas Goddard. And battle. All right, motherfuckers. (laughs) Dallas Goddard should never be started as a tight end one when Zach Ertz is healthy. And I'll be damned if I ever say otherwise. He has one game this season over five targets. If you look at true values, it's not like those targets are that, uh, that valuable. Carson Wentz is 18th. A little below average. Dallas Goddard is the 19th tight end in true value. Zach Ertz is the third. So what's happening right now is completely unorthodox. I don't expect it to keep up. And how you can expect me to start a tight end two on an offense that's been struggling against Chicago is beyond me. All right. Cool. I'm glad that's over. Look, (laughs) (laughs) if Sean Jackson comes back, you can't start Dallas Goddard, right? But look. They have had to change their offense because they can't attack teams downfield. Dallas Goddard has seen over 40 uh, snaps each of the last uh, five games for Philadelphia, has eight, four, and five targets the last three weeks, has a touchdown in two of the games, at least uh, 22, 48, and 69 yards. 22 yards is not great, but he scored a touchdown in that game against Buffalo in a windy game where you weren't expecting much. And Zach Ertz has... Look, I'm one of Zach Ertz's biggest fans, but he's been absolutely atrocious for three weeks now. Four for 54 in a lost fumble, two for 38, and two for 20. Five and four targets the last two weeks. It's been absolutely brutal for Zach Ertz owners. I'm not saying to start Goddard over him, but to say Dallas Goddard isn't even a streaming option when he's seen the same amount of targets as Zach Ertz the last two weeks is is stupid. If Chris Herndon plays, he's going to score more points than Goddard. Let's make a bet right now. Uh, Deshaun Jackson needs to be out too, because if Deshaun Jackson said I'm not playing Goddard, <coughs> puss. No, well, that absolutely yeah, matters. Fine. I don't right. care. But I'll write it down. What is what has Hurts done with his targets? Nothing. So what makes you think Goddard's the better play? He's not the better play. <laughs> I said I yeah, have. I, you know what I mean. What makes you think he's a? Ugh, he's just. It's just not a good play. It's not smart. Not smart in any way. Uh, he his lowest point output in the last four weeks has been seven point three, and that's no just two. No, it's been seven point three. Four weeks ago, he put up two. Oh, three weeks. My bad. And the week, well, the week before he put up two, he put up eight point six. So besides the two, it's been eight point six, seven point three, thirteen point nine, nine point seven, in a tight end landscape that usually sucks. I'm taking that. 
I'm taking yeah, it and I'm running to the bank with it. Let's ignore the three and zero. Three. Let's there was no three there. Week one. Let's ignore that they're playing Chicago. Let's ignore that. I mean, Chicago is average against the tight end. Yeah, but it's still a pretty good defense. Let's ignore that the team's been struggling. Nah. I'm just nah. Nah. All right, so yeah. let's let's cut it off right there because we're approaching an hour. We did do a little bit of, on the true throw values. So we are going to come back to you with the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games left in the next episode. Make sure to catch us on part two of this week. Michael, where could they find you in the meantime? Mike on this corporate trap. Jason. At Jason Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, frisky. real frisky. Don't forget to check out those tr true throw values. Um, yeah, we're and definitely going to want you to take those, those true throw values, true, true, true target values on BrotoFantasy.com. Also, we'd like to thank our sponsors. We'll thank them more in the beginning of the next episode. So check out the next episode to check out our sponsors. Until then, peace. Later.